welcome back to the Sit and Ponder podcast, where we seek to think more deeply about the scriptures and to ask the tough questions. Take a minute, grab your favorite warm beverage, and get ready to sit and ponder. All right, folks, welcome back again. Let's continue in our discussion about the words of Jesus abiding in us. So I want to start with a basic question. How do you feel about the words of God? Are you indifferent? Or do you tend to be passionate about the words of God? Is it hard to get yourself to read the words of God or the scripture? Or do you find it difficult to not read and study the Scripture? Let's take a look today at how a psalmist felt in the core of their emotions and desires about the words of God. I am a firm believer in the idea that the battleground of our intimacy with Jesus is in the passions and intentions of our heart. So let's set the ideal for where our passion should lie regarding the words of God. Let's look at John 8. Again, in this text, Jesus is describing a trait of a disciple. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, okay, these are new disciples most likely. He said this, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Here he's using the word disciple again. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So again, Jesus is tying being a disciple to abiding in his word. In the word of God. So let's jump into Psalm 119 today. That's where we're going to go. The reason I like Psalm 119 is that it gives us a sense of how one might feel about God's law, words, testimonies, and then in the modern day, the scriptures. So we're going to skip around this chapter a little bit. We're not going to read the whole thing. It happens to be the longest chapter in the Bible, by the way. So let's read this first portion. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. In the way of your testimonies I rejoice as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So let's start by just checking out some of the words that are used here. He uses the word rejoicing in the way of God's testimonies, as much as in all riches, all riches, delighting in God's statutes not forgetting his word. He goes on to mention the word meditate, which is the Hebrew word siach. It means to meditate, muse, ponder, talk about, sing of, speak of. It means to muster deeply or to commune with, to apply, to talk about with others, to sing it. So let's review what this says here. The psalmist here rejoices in the word. 
He delights in the word and he deeply ponders the words of God. He says that these words are like a treasure or like riches. The meditation and passion is deep enough that the words are remembered once the psalmist's face leaves the page. He's fascinated, overjoyed, diligent, curious. He's a studier with the aim to apply, to talk about, and to sing about the words of God. Let's read on for some more colorful descriptions about how the psalmist feels about God's words. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. I cling to your testimonies. Listen to the words here, guys. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. So let me ask you a question. When is the last time your soul longed for any rules like the psalmist speaks of here? But guys, God's rules are not like other rules. Our soul was made to hunger for his rules. When we connect with Jesus, our soul longs for his words. The word cling is also used here. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Longing and clinging are words that activate when we are lost, broken, or in need often. His word is something that we long for like water when we're thirsty or food when we're hungry. We cling to his testimonies to give us comfort, wisdom, knowledge, direction, hope. And then finally, the psalmist runs in the way of God's commands or his law. God's word governs his journey and his steps. Let's look at all these words that are just used again in review. The psalmist rejoices in, delights in, musters, studies, ponders, talks about, longs for, clings to, runs in the way all of his word. He just keeps piling on the passion and the emotion throughout the entire psalm. Let's read on. Again, we're just taking snippets here. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. Again, he's just piling it on, guys, piling it on. You see words here about the scripture and about God's words that are deeper than just some sort of random importance. The psalmist wants a heart that is inclined or drawn to God's word. God's rules are something sure that can be an object of hope, it says, for he says, my hope is in your rules. He's going to speak about these testimonies in public, even before kings. He makes God's words into songs. Songs resonate with our deepest desires, guys. The music expresses emotion and passion. Putting God's words to song connect his ways with the stories and passions of our hearts. Let's read on. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. 
Let's stop there for a minute. He uses the word loving the law. And he says, it is my meditation all day. You get this picture that the psalmist is mustering God's law and word all throughout the day. His heart is drawn to the scriptures constantly, to the words of God constantly. He sees something inherently, hugely valuable in the scriptures and in the words of God. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, he goes on, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. So look what he says. He loves the law. I mean, have you guys read the law? (laughs) Most would consider it a little boring, but the psalmist understands just how powerful God's words are are to make us wiser than our, all, our, all of our enemies, to give us more understanding than all of our teachers. God's words transcend and are greater than any other words. The metaphors just keep overflowing. The passion for God's law, testimonies, and statutes is all-encompassing, deep, and passion-based for the psalmist. He's going to go even further. Listen to this. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your testimonies are my heritage or inheritance forever, for they are the joy of my heart. He goes on to say that the word of God is like a delicious dessert, sweeter than honey. It's like a light illuminating the path of his feet, giving him direction. God's testimonies are his heritage or inheritance or possession forever. This means possession or inheritance. The psalmist prefers the inheritance of God's words over riches or the sweetness of honey. Guys, this psalmist is not making himself read God's word for 10 minutes a day in a devotional where you basically forget everything you read 10 minutes later. He loves it, rejoices in it, adores it, delights in it, wants to eat it, possess it, understand it, gain wisdom from it, have the path of his running and walking lit up by it. He loves it, clings to it, longs for it, hopes in it, wants to talk about it, wants to sing it. For the psalmist, the words of God are his bread. They're like the food for his life. They're like the life for his soul. Jesus says that we are truly his disciples if we abide in his words and if his words abide in us. That's John 8 and John 15. It's been my experience, folks, that we often almost have to force ourselves to dive deeply into the Scripture. But what a far cry that is from what this psalmist exemplifies here. So I want to ask a question here. What is it that's drawing our attention so much away from the Scripture? What is it that's 
begging us to participate in it instead of the scripture. So much so that for a lot of us, the scripture is almost a little bit boring and we prefer these other passions. Well, folks, we all crave what I would call, and not just I, but many would call instant gratification. Our sin nature wants to get a quick fix of pleasure now, in the moment, and for the moment. Things like television, hobbies, gaming, food, drugs, alcohol, performance, workaholism, attaining accolades, sex, etc. The scripture, however, is a lifelong passion that gives us a long-term closeness to Jesus. Abiding in Jesus means we abide in his words and his words abide in us. It means that we grow to love his word, long for it, delight in it. We actually experience passionate emotion for his word. Scripture isn't just a forced occasional discipline that we forget about 30 minutes after we read it. It's something we remember. It's something we almost feel like we need. It's like our food, our possession or inheritance, the illumination of the path we ought to walk. It's how we answer our enemies when they call us fools. It's how we rise above the need for any teacher but God. When we wake up, we should be longing to dive deeply into his word. We should almost be annoyed when we can't dive into his word, when we're distracted and can't think more about his word. Notice it said earlier that he meditated on his word day and night or all through the day, he says in another place. We need to long for that conversation with God through his word where he's speaking to us, where he's giving us energy, where he's giving us things to hope in, where he's giving us satisfaction to our soul, where he's giving us promises to cling to, where he's giving us direction for our life, where he's giving us wisdom about our motives, all kinds of things. So how do you know that your heart has caught this passion for his words, testimonies, law, and statutes? How would you know? Well, let's look at what the psalmist says. You'll love to sing his words. You're moved with deep, godly emotion when you delve into his word. You love to talk about his word impromptu in everyday, informal, and formal settings. You find yourself pondering and thinking about texts in his word, trying to understand things more deeply and mustering how God's words ought to shape you, your motives, your life, your actions, your words, and your thoughts. You won't in general find his word boring. You'll find it fascinating. You'll see it as an endless pit full of treasure. Every time you peel away one layer of treasure, there's another layer of treasure. I've personally read through the Gospels I don't know how many times in my life, and I'm rereading them now, and I'm seeing deeper things than I've ever seen before. There are so many layers of life and depth in the Scripture that it never, ever gets boring or trite. 
You will find it life-giving. Sometimes you're going to tear up. Other times you are elated with joy and begin to praise God or to sing. Other times you're suffering miserably and clinging on for dear life to what God says is really real, despite how things feel. And when it's been a while since you mustered God's words, you start to long for it. Your soul longs for it. You, you long to pick up your Bible and to read and to think and to fellowship with God through his word. So let me ask you now, where are you at in your passion for God's words? Is your heart moved emotionally about his words? Do other things suck your attention away from pondering and studying and delighting in the scripture? All right, folks, we're going to end there for today. Next time, we will speak about the utility of the words of God. In other words, what specifically makes the word of God unique and what specifically does it do in and around us? We touched on some of the basics of that today, even though we emphasized the passion slash emotional side of how we interact with God's word. But we're going to go deeper next time. This is your host, Tom Wells, signing off. Until next time, get into the scripture and take some time to sit and ponder.